0: You know, the amazing thing about Newspeak, Orwellian Newspeak, is that it's designed for Chicago. It's designed to limit dissent by limiting thought. And that's what we have here in the city, where migrants are coming in by the thousands as a result of Democratic policies from the Biden White House and the Democrats who turned their back on the border and the people of Chicago are being overwhelmed and overrun as they are in every city in the country, but they, they don't get their say. The people who, who complain are either dismissed as racist or, or ignored. And I don't like that. I don't like it at all. And we, we at the Chicago way don't like it. And that's why we have invited Rod Sawyer to talk about it. He's a man of common sense. He can understand. He understands what people are going through on the southwest, si- on the south side, and the west side. And Jeff, why don't we just play Jeff Carlin? Why don't we just play this woman? Yeah, for example, there are uh, some
1: activists, quote unquote, as the news people call them, which they're just—I don't know—considered an activist if you're just trying to protect your neighborhood. You know that doesn't- activists mean dismiss them, right? Exactly, exactly. But- so ABC Seven caught up with some of them outside the city hall and. Uh, it was, you know, they are voicing all the concerns that we've talked about, the things that you know these people are, th- are feeling and the pressure from. Them. And it doesn't seem like the mayor cares. But here's one of the so-called Southwest Side activists uh, trying to address their concerns.
2: But the South Side has been under-resourced, underfunded for years, for decades. We have schools that need to be reopened. We have buildings that are abandoned, that need to be business-operated.
0: I think it's a brilliant political strategy. You have people in need in Chicago, loyal Democrats forever, black voters, and yet the media ignores them as they are dismissed as activists. And by the way, why don't we take the money for their parks, their schools, and send it over to Ukraine. That no one wants to send send it there, but we're doing that. Billions and billions right. of dollars. Another proxy war. I mean, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. You
1: know? Yeah, I don't get it. And uh, I I know Rod had a good take on this, but uh, the mayor was asked by CBS to respond to that <laughs> woman, and uh, this was his answer, and it, it's very uh, Brendan Johnson.
2: All of that said. Will Chicago continue to be a welcoming sanctuary city?
0: Yes. Um, Look, during difficult times, sometimes there are individuals um, who feel the pressure and sometimes our values um, are called into question. We're the city of Chicago. And this mission that that the entire country has endured over the last uh, year and a half, um, you know, has been one that, of course, that has pressed our convictions. But we don't necessarily necessarily have to acquiesce to fear because we are being pressed. What, what is that? Is that some kind of Kamala Harris word salad? <laughs> what is that? Uh, What's yeah. he talking about?
1: Well, you know, it's it's interesting because I watch a lot of these, and that was one. That's one of the first times I've seen him on his heels, you know, waiting for this thing to, you know, to find an answer, trying to drum up something that's made sense. And I'm, you know, his answer was essentially, we we can't fold, you know, our convictions because it's tough. Which, sure, I get that, but this is a city that's a sanctuary city. Made a big deal of it under Mayor Lightfoot. And there was no plan in
0: place for when someone called the bluff. And that's where we are. Not only Mayor Lightfoot, Mayor Washington, all of them. For years and years, Sanctuary City, there was Rahm Emanuel, Mayor Zorro, all of it. They were bringing people in. They should have known years ago that uh, this would happen. And they didn't care about it. And as an aside, um, I understand what Johnson's going through because when he stops talking, I feel his pain, you know, I've had a catastrophic brain injury <laughs> and, I, and I get the feeling, but I don't want to call, say he's slow or anything, or maybe oh my,
1: no. it's not a, a cognitive de- de- uh, default or de- deficit rather. It's really that he was thinking through the process of what he was going to say, which kind of struck me as odd because this question of sanctuary city status here has been you know, discussed and people are trying to push it through. And there are aldermen who are trying to revoke it or change it back so the fact that he wasn't prepared for that question kind of surprised me because uh, he had to know it was coming so that that just kind of shows more less of a a cognitive issue more of a preparatory you know uh, you know not thinking all the way through things kind of idea because if you weren't ready for that question what else aren't you ready for pretty much everything
0: the the some of the democrats the left-wing democrats are unable to answer it because they're thinking what where are they exposing themselves politically as they answer it? But the fact is the people of Chicago or the people of any city, New York, look at what's going on in New York yeah. in Chicago, Philadelphia, you got crime and you've got immigration and or migration, whatever you want to call it. and and people are just frosted, they're that's angry, a, you know? Yeah, and that's absolutely. why we're talking, that's why we're talking to Rod Sawyer, former, Alderman of the 6th Ward, part of the Sawyer family. Rod has always been, I think, a man of decency and common sense. And uh, I want to hear from him how the black community is dealing with these migration pressures. Because people shouldn't be ignored just because they fit into some sort of identitarian bubble, like you, you have. You're, you're the black people over here, and we have Latinos over here, and we're all part of the big Democratic tent, but just keep your mouth shut. But you know who won't keep their mouth shut? Those of you who listen to The Chicago Way. And that's why you're here, The Chicago Way, on WGN+. So this is a guy who lives high on the hog, and he has this Tammany Hall-style attitude to power, And um, it is, it's the Chicago way.
1: Absolutely. The the Chicago way is a deep cultural phenomenon. It's the Chicago way. The Chicago way. That's the focus. In
0: a tower by the river, there lived a man.
2: There was a man who took a stand with pen and paper in his hand. Defeating foes in
0: every ward with a pen more mighty than the sword. No escape
2: from his ink lasso in a tower by the river. Castle. Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife. You pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital. You send one of his to the morgue. That's the shit pack away.
0: So I was talking, I was at lunch with a, a few old time newspaper guys. Okay, guys I worked with at the Tribune, editors. Well, look, I'll tell you who they are. John McCormick, Bruce Dole, Corey Franklin. And uh, we're sitting there having lunch, and they all ask me, uh, we start talking about Rod Sawyer. Good
2: to know that I get to talk about Yeah,
0: it's good. We've talked about you in a nice way, Rod, as we always do. But uh, we were talking about the lack of ability by the news media to adequately cover the frustration and political frustration between black residents of Chicago and the incoming migrants of Chicago that are coming here by the thousands. And I, I just sense that it is building. And I don't think the Democrats were really cognizant or understanding of the conflict, even though, There are people that they should have talked to, like you and others, who understood this for for many years. And so, I think Bruce was it that said, you know what, you should, why don't you call Rod Sawyer? And so, here I am calling Rod Sawyer. Hey, Rod.
2: Hey, John. One thing I'm always appreciative of, that every time you call, I always answer. I always enjoy talking to you.
0: Thank you, Alderman. You are no longer the Sixth Ward Alderman, but you still have a brain and a tongue and uh i i want to know what it tells us about the immigration issue and how democrats are dealing with the frustration of black people as they're overwhelmed by immigration and they're losing they're giving up their parks and schools the school buildings and told to shut up and move off the corner and so on and so forth what What do you think
2: john it it, it, you know it was a a problematic situation from the very beginning and I don't think we did enough to address it adequately um you know at you know and it's it's us trying to be compassionate but at the same time being realistic we only have so many resources our resources are somewhat finite and we also have a situation here with people that are disinvested that need the same type of support mechanisms that we're offering uh, the, the individuals that are coming in here and i'm not blaming them at all it's not their you know not necessarily it's not their fault it's a bad policy on both sides that led us to this situation and we should have saw that coming and i don't understand why we didn't see that coming at the very beginning and we have to be in a situation as a city as a compassionate but practical city say that there's no more room at the end to a certain level we can assist you to a certain extent, but after this, if we don't get the help, we just cannot do it. And just be firm and be frank about it from the very beginning, and we did not do that. We said, oh, come, anybody that comes, come on, we're gonna take care of it until the real the realization comes in and says, oh, wow, we can't do this. We don't have the money to do this. We don't have the resources to do this. Now we're talking about putting these individuals in a tent in Chicago Uh, approaching winter. This makes no sense. And and I'm sorry, but I thought that we should have been very much more thoughtful about this process, uh, both trying to assist the individuals that are coming here from the South and also make sure that our bottom line is protected and making sure that we can adequately assist those that live here that are Chicagoans the type of services that we're offering to other people
1: you know rod take us back to the, the sanctuary city thing i mean the idea that we became a sanctuary city through i mean that was a, a, a voted on right i mean what, what was that whole machinations there and and why wasn't there a plan
2: well are we talking about the original sanctuary city yeah. back in the 80s yeah, yeah. Um, and i was fun because i was around and uh i was a young adult at the time and you know it was to bridge that gap between uh, blacks and Hispanics, uh, making sure that you know, City of Chicago was considered a mecca for everyone, and we also have to include you know, it's you know, Latinos aren't the only people that come from other countries to settle here. You know, there's some two hundred, <clears throat> almost two hundred different countries where people come here to call America their home, mm-hmm. and we had back then they wanted to make sure that that was encompassed. We did not know. Fast forward to today that we were going to be uh, in the position or in the uncomfortable position to accept almost over 15,000 individuals all at once uh, to come here. And we have to house them, Mm -hmm. clothe them, do all the, you know, provide services for them, which is as a city, what we're supposed to do for those that are disenfranchised, Mm -hmm. but come on now, that's, we, we have to have a realization point where we cannot, adequately take care of those that are coming here and those that are here that are native Chicagoans, uh, we're just don't have the resources. Again, our resources are X right. and now we're talking about X plus something else. And mm. we have the assistance from the federal government, the state or any other um, entity that will, will assist us in this endeavor to the extent that's necessary to house, clothes, and, and do all the things necessary for all those that are disenfranchised here in the Chicagoland area.
1: And, so, and how did the sanctuary thing evolve, city, thing evolve to under life? Because I, I feel like and maybe I'm just conflating things, but I feel like there was, a, a, you know, this rebuff of like the Republicans across the country, you know, trying to force INS and stuff like that. And I remember there's big hubbub about Chicago being a sanctuary city. Was there a change there that happened or was that just a, like a reannouncement of what happened in the 80s?
2: Well, I, I would assume that it was more of a reannouncement, but it might have been a bit of a middle finger to those that were saying that, you know, we, you know Chicago may not be this or may not be that. And it might have been Mayor Lightford uh, <clears throat> overextending that maybe not knowing that it was going to come to this one year later, Right. but see why you shouldn't see this coming. I mean, I, 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 I a lot of people saw it coming. I saw it coming. Yeah, she put a target on her back. Yeah.
0: Of course you did. When they talk about this stuff, they forget that Tony Preckwinkle was the big champion when she was kissing up to Chewy Garcia, and they were teaming up together on the county board uh, before they gave birth to uh, Brandon Johnson, before they created him, that uh, they were all about dumping INS and not letting them in, in be involved in any kind of. Processing of criminals who were arrested.
2: Yeah, and they, and and they didn't got away. Didn't know it. And again, the problem was out of the abundance of of good, honest job seeking individuals coming from the border, trying to find a good life. There is a small section of those that are less than uh in, um, noble in their attempt to come here. You know, there's a small group, and and sometimes that small yeah. group, you know, makes big ripples. In, in Lake Michigan, for example, here in Chicago, um, we have to be aware of who we're bringing here in Chicago. Let's be honest with that. Let's be honest with ourselves. We want to help those that want to help themselves, want to get a better life, and they and they seek it here in Chicago. That's fine. I, I understand that. I support that. And, and I'm one of those that want to do what we can to help those that want to be a part of this um, amalgam that's Chicago. But we have an issue where we're trying to overdo it and we we just hey come on in whoever you come come on in everything's fine and and that's <laughs> not what we should be doing right
0: well what's the solution
2: well right now we're stuck i mean I, the solution was a year ago when we should say hey i tell you what uh the borders, we can accommodate x without replenishing the service uh Completing the services that we need to offer those that are already here. We did not do that. Uh, we said, you know, we, being the big shoulders that we are, we said, oh, come on in, don't worry. And we should also, you know, get information about those, where they're coming from, who they are. You know, I mean, that's just what you do at the border anyway. That's what you should be doing. Uh, that's not uncommon and it's not nearly unprecedented. And we're doing nothing. We're just opening up the doors and saying, everybody that comes, come. We do better with the people that are here in Chicago. We vet them before we give them services. You know, you know, people that are born and raised here sure. that look for services. We vet them before we offer them services.
0: Before anyone has any doubts about where we're all coming from. Yes. I, I guarantee you that uh, Roderick Sawyer is not anti-immigrant. And oh, not at all. I'm not anti-immigrant. I'm an immigrant. I'm mm-hmm. my parents were immigrants. I mean, I I was narrowly born in the United States, so that I could <laughs> be president. But outside of that, my my uh, my parents are immigrants, and uh, I respect and love them. I love immigrants. I, I we need we don't need just technical engineers and uh, you know the top students from all over the country. We need. Guys who work, you know, who could start a business with a pickaxe and their backs and their guts oh, and absolutely. their and their brother in the in the next uh, seat next to them and start an excavating business. Okay, we need guys who can work. What I don't see any sensitivity to the people who are being displaced, and by that I don't mean like let's get into some Fox News fantasy. No. Right. I don't mean displacement like that. Don't don't bring the Tucker Carlson thing on me. Yeah, I'm talking people. about, I'm talking about what I see is black people being pushed aside again. No, I,
2: I don't mean well, to. Now, this is what that. I say. I, I say this to my friends. I, I very seldom say this in in what I call mixed company. <laughs> uh, you know, we, are far too often, blacks are often holding the door and letting everybody else in. And we're last once again. Yep. You know, uh, this whole process was started, you know, with civil rights and all that with black people. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole concept about civil rights started because of the, you know, of the abuse and the torture that we received as, as, you know, enslaved black people here in America. And once we started fighting for those rights, we also allow everybody else to come in ahead of us. Uh, I had this fight, as, as you well know. You know, I'm a big supporter of reparations, and I had a fight with a colleague at the time. Who, when I introduced reparations, they said that I was supported, but you have to include Puerto Ricans in there. And I was like, "Why,
0: Louis Gutierrez?
2: Why? <laughs> why is that, Louis?" <laughs> I, I'm not going to say who it was. I'm not going to say who it was. Right, but I, uh, I just said. Yeah. he said, "Well, you know, we were one of this, Puerto Rico was one of the stops." I said, "I get that." And I said, I tell you what, when Pan Africanists come to Puerto Rico, when they did come to Puerto Rico to support um, independence for Puerto Rico, we sat in the background and said, we support you. We'll provide any assistance that you need to, you know, to achieve your endeavor of independence for Puerto Rico. We didn't come in and say, oh well, let's get some stuff for Black people first before we uh, approve that, but we support that. We said no. We support that. I want you to do the same thing. Support us in our endeavor, and when your endeavors come up, we will support you in your endeavors. And he was like, "No, we can't do that." And I was like, "Well, then take your name off my take your name off our ordinance, then I don't care." Wow. I said, "Now nah, about something that's a problem. You know, you always want support when you want support, but when we want support, you want to be included in what whatever benefits we're trying to get for the descendants of enslaved Africans." That's not right either.
0: There was a time uh, back in the day when Rom we've talked about this on the podcast, in the Chicago way when Rom was running, uh, he realized that he lost when he was running for reelection and he realized that he had lost completely the black vote as a result of Laquan McDonald. And then he tried a little jujitsu move pro Hispanic. He, he, came up with a a voter ID card or ID card for all his, all Latino immigrants as a way to, I don't know what, like a precursor to voting. I don't get it, but, but black people didn't like that. Black Chicago did not like that. I remember talking to uh, Maze Jackson and uh, Charles Thomas were thumping the, the drum on that one pretty, pretty loudly. And they never learned that.
2: There was. Yeah, it was a problem because, because they did not agree. like you said John earlier this is a city of immigrants you right. know the, the only immigrants are not hispanic they're they're Jamaican they're Haitian they're polish they're Asian they're you know we have people from all over the world who to seek a better life and they choose Chicago that's nothing wrong with that that's what makes Chicago beautiful but at the same time we have to come to the realization that we are running a municipal corporation. And if we don't have money to support those that are here, we have to make a harsh decision on what we do going forward. Are we asking for more money? Do we borrow? You know, do we cut services for others? These are real life decisions that have to be made in the city of Chicago. And that's where, you know, we have to have that understanding or the administration, for that matter. You have to understand that we have to care for those that that cannot care for themselves to a certain extent. But even that ends, even that stops at a certain level because of the finite nature of the money that we have to do all these things.
0: When is the uh, bill going to come due politically? When will, I mean, I assume that Joe Biden, you know, he'll put y'all back in chains. Remember that? You know, he's brilliant at that. And I think he'll come up with some ridiculous theme to play race cards or something to confuse and get black. You know, like we said, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. <laughs> I remember yeah, that yeah. one, but I remember, uh, yeah, yeah. Who, who could forget it. But when, do, when does the Biden Democrat pay for all this, that they're doing on the border and to the cities? When do people like, when do black people from the, the, Sixth ward and the seventh ward and the eighth ward. I'm just talking about the wards that I know that I spend a lot of time in. When do they when do they say, bleep this? I'm done. When do they
2: I'm not voting for you anymore? When does that happen? Ever? Well, I think it's coming close, John. I, I think that people are starting to realize, again, black people in particular starting to realize that we're being dismissed once again. It's not, you know, it's. And I don't want to make it where we're butting heads with, with our, our Latinx counterparts. We support them. Trust me, we want to make sure that things are going well for everyone. But right. that includes people that are here, particularly the, the Black people that are here that are suffering. We right. need to adjust them, and we have not done that. And that's really where the problem lies. We have not showed an effort to say, hey guys, people that are here. I think maybe even the, the Latinx people that are here might feel a certain kind of way, you know, because they're not receiving the, the benefits that they think they should be.
0: Yeah, the, the people that are here, that are living here, like 26th Street, 18th Street, that have been here for quite some time. Yeah, they That's don't like little,
2: this. Right. I don't feel like this. Again, everybody wants to help those that are, are suffering. I, I drove by the other day uh, on 18th and State. I was coming up State Street. I saw a little baby. I, I mean, I, I literally started crying. I, tears came out of my eyes. I mean the baby you know had a old diaper on running up and down the street didn't have any clothes on and it's not their fault. It's not their fault.
0: Yeah, I mean I, I you said it's heartbreaking.
2: Right, you know it's heartbreaking. It is.
0: So You know when we, the, So when does the But here's the thing, you you've expressed the problem both of you Jeff and and Alderman Sawyer, you've expressed the problem. But you've described it, but now I don't see the media having the ability to discuss it in these terms, Latino and black terms without confusing itself. They're so terrible because there's nothing more, more yeah. malatable, mo- nothing more biddable than a white liberal journalist afraid of being called a racist. I'm sorry. You know that from your time in politics, And I just don't see them uh, having the ability to discuss the important problem that is facing everybody.
2: Well, you know, I always have a problem when I see, you know, uh, all these assist organizations and these health organizations not run by Latinos, not run by black people. They're run by, like you said, liberal white people that feel so bad about what's going on in the inner city and what's going on on the border. They feel <laughs> that they have to do something. And, and uh, it kind of gets to me. I'll, I'll be honest with you, John, it, it kind of, you know, irks me a little bit when uh, these not-for-profits and the same thing with, you know, certain ordinances that are being passed. When when white liberals come up and say, yeah, we need to provide help. or well, let me uh, give my corporation $100 million and we can provide some assistance to these uh, poor downtrodden individuals, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it just it seems disingenuous, just a bit. I guess that you know. Yeah. I have other words I can use, and I not have to use them.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's why we called you, man, because uh, Rod Sawyer. Rod Sawyer has seen a lot in this city. Damn. I guess when we, as we close, Rod, I need to ask you, sure. what is the. Now I, I'm seeing the mayor. I, and of course you ran for mayor. You should have sure. been, a, you should have been, you know, I would have liked to, if Rod was elected and you hired Paul Bellis as your finance guy, uh, we would be much better yeah. off, but it didn't happen. So what, what is the future? Cause I see, you know, the mayor telling me now that I moved to North Northwest Indiana, get Chicago out your mouth or something like that. And, teaching children to say that nonsense loudly uh, I guess that means I never spent my whole life on the South side and bled and raised people and and helped help, help right. hire people and families that I worked with all my life. but uh, I guess that doesn't mean anything. but what's the future?
2: Well, I'm actually very excited about my future. Uh, I agreed to join Fred Lebed and Joe Moore in MLS Public Strategies. Uh, We'll be doing municipal lobbying on the state and local level. Uh, We'll be making announcements in the next week or so. Uh, So I'm very excited about that. Um, You know, I've been a lawyer 33 years, so I still have my law degree and I'm still, you know, I'll I'll do a little practicing uh, to the extent of things that interest me. Uh, But I, I really want to help my city where I was born and raised and, and, and love uh, be better. That's what I, what I my goal is. My goal is to really continue to help any way I can, uh, not through elected politics. That's not my goal any longer. I'm good. I've, I've gotten it out of my system, John, uh, but I do to help in other ways. I know there's so many other ways that you can help. and I still think I have a vast amount of knowledge uh, for someone that's been around politics literally all my life uh been in City hall constantly i know the operations i know the fault lines i know where the problems are and quite honestly i do know how to fix them and i want to help
0: rod sawyer you know the reason why i called you is because well old-time newspaper men understand that a guy who's been through the mill and through the wars politically in chicago has common sense. And I think that's lacking in the city now. So good luck to you and your, and your venture and stay away from the barbecue. Okay. Too much barbecue is not good.
2: Oh, actually I've been doing good on the wayside. I've been been getting myself in order. And, but as you said, sense is not that common.
0: (laughs) I have to, I have to, you know, I don't want to have to call up Mike Singletary and send him over to your backyard. (laughs) Because uh, you know he's on he's all he's on that warpath path yeah, anyway. Is. Rod Sawyer, thanks for joining us. It's been a pleasure to talk to you again, and I hope you didn't spend that twenty bucks that I owed your father on the Duran <laughs> fight all at once.
2: I still have it, John. Oh, you do? <laughs> I love it. It's around. It's in a box somewhere, but I still have it.
0: You got to frame it, man. Yeah, on, I'm a, I'm yeah, a famous. Sign it. I'm a famously hated individual, you know. From the uh, <laughs> from Stacy Davis Gates hates my guts, and uh, well, anyway, we'll get to that another, another time. Day, yeah. yeah. Th- Thanks, Thanks, Rod. Rod, thank, thank you. You're Thanks fine. a lot, man. For Rod Sawyer, former six ward alderman, longtime political figure in Chicago, man of common sense, and new partner in the new lobbying firm. What is that again, Jeff? MLS? Yes. MLS, MLS lobbying. And for Jeff Carlin, executive producer at WGN radio, my friend, master of pies, friend of cats. And for me, John Cass editor in chief of John Cass news, your favorite website. And sooner or later, And I want this for all the haters we will be beginning to do sponsorships for John Cass news. And uh, I hope you you find them tasty. Talk to you again next time on another edition of the Chicago way podcast on WGN plus.